0: I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I'm a longtime multi certified nutritionist and fitness professional here on the West Coast. I'm bringing to you my wealth of knowledge and experience thus far in the wellness industry, as it's my passion to empower women by bringing practical, well-rounded perspectives to your health journey. My hope is that you can make better, more informed choices for yourself and maybe your family. In this first episode, I'd like to get into setting viable New Year's resolutions. How do we best set these goals? How do we adhere to them? What kind of goals should we even be setting, It can all be overwhelming and alternatively, maybe too simplistic for something that is actually more complex and deserves good thought, especially if we truly desire lasting change, which is what I'm all about. Don't freak out. I'm here to help. I'm also going to share something unexpected and honestly, painfully obvious that I've learned over the years, and it can make or break your ability for success. So keep listening to find out here on this first episode of Rebel Wellness. Okay. So it's a new year. A lot of us might be kind of trying to reset, trying to plan out for those of you who are type A, you might be kind of setting all your goals for the year. And this is a really important time to look at setting goals a little differently. Sometimes we just kind of have dreams and we're like, I would love to lose 20 pounds because that's what everything says I should do. Or I would love to put on a ton of muscle and get shredded this year. Oftentimes we do that and we kind of set ourselves up for failure. A lot of times we never achieve some of those goals because we don't look at the big macro scale of our life. And if that is exactly realistic for you, what timeline did you put yourself on? Why did you put yourself there, et cetera? So the first question I would like to ask, what are your foundations like right now? This is a really important way to deduce for yourself some of your goals foundations are going to make or break any health goal. And I'm speaking mostly about health goals right now. Um, Again, not only just because that's the podcast and my scope, but some of these things can be put into other goals that are not just health. Sleep quality is one of the most important foundations of your health house, we'll call it. If you are not getting good quality sleep, and that means sleep that doesn't need a sleep aid, and sleep that is longer than six hours. If you are not getting that, that is your first goal of the year. Work on your sleep quality. How dark is the room? You need a dark room. There needs to not be blue light, like those little uh, plugs with the covers that have like a blue light to show you that the power connection is safe. Either you put some like electrical tape over the light on it, or you don't like you disconnect that at night so that you can't, it's not in your wavelength of your eyes. Um, you also need a colder room, ideally below 69 degrees while you sleep is best for your body. Your body drops temperature while you sleep and then increases temperature in different parts of your sleep cycle. if You have a healthy sleep cycle and therefore it's important to have a good temperature in your room. You also need to have an extremely comfy bed. You should have a good bed situation where you prioritize your uh, mattress, your pillows, your covers, et cetera. It It tends to be recommended that people try sleeping naked just for temperature regulation. If you are constantly overheating at night and it wakes you up, don't wear pajamas. Try that out or reduce some of your blankets. Or if you're getting cold at night and it's waking you up, maybe increase blankets. Your bed you spend almost a third of your life in, you should always invest the most on places you spend the most time in. So, not only that, with your sleep quality, reducing your screen time at night, TV, phones, iPads, et cetera. It is a good habit to like read books or read off of a non backlit Kindle, um, different things like that, or kind of practice some habits where you do some box breathing, where you breathe in for four to six seconds, hold four to six seconds, breathe out four to six seconds, repeat the cycle. That's a really good way to massage your vagal nerve internally, and that tends to calm people down, which is why it is a breathing technique for anxiety attacks. It also is a really good way of turning down your body to get it ready to go to sleep. I know a lot of people have a hard time putting their phone down. I know sometimes people have made a habit of like, this is my me time. I lay in bed and I scroll and I watch funny TikToks or whatever. That's okay sometimes, but If you're really serious about a health goal, you should really set some timers or some blockers on your phone to kind of hold boundaries around your sleep time. Sleep is sacred. There is nothing you can do with your nutrition or fitness that will ever outdo poor sleep. Poor sleep will always just mess you up. I mean, there's a reason people literally can't live without sleep for longer than three days the brain needs it or else things shut down. You start to have more carb cravings when you're underslept. You make worse choices because your brain is underslept. Like it just is totally the foundation of the house that needs to be prioritized. If you have a fat loss goal right now, but you've never really cared to look at your sleep quality, I urge you to consider mastering your sleep much more than trying to work for fat loss. And often it goes hand in hand that just by you doing better with your sleep, your body can start recovering, actually filtering out fat cuz it does filter out your fat while you sleep. That's the detox phase. So, prioritize your sleep. <laughs> also, water intake. These are all things that are probably not so sexy and you're like, "I've already heard this kills." But It's really important for you, especially for most females, you really shouldn't be under 65 ounces of water a day. Those are good baselines for most females size. Also, you can always go up to a gallon. However, in the fitness world over the years, I have learned that a gallon goal is kind of arbitrary. Once you're in that like 80 to 100 ounce zone, Most of us are in a really hydrated, happy place. We start to not have as many wrinkles on our face because our face is hydrated. We sleep better. Our kidneys are happier. Our detox pathways are happier. 120 is superseding it a little bit for a lot of us. Like everybody's body is kind of individual to how much water actually is good for them. Therefore, it's not always necessary to drink a gallon of water. After you've figured out Your patterns for your sleep quality and your water intake. Stress levels are extremely important as part of your foundation. If you are chronically stressed, if stress is kind of your state or your identity, I will really encourage you and invite you to consider working on de-stressing your lifestyle. I've seen time and time again, people work themselves to death because they are just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I get praise for doing this. I mean, that's me. Like, I literally have been indoctrinated that if I'm not working hard, I'm not valuable to the world. Or or because I didn't do the stereotypical, like, Ivy League route, I have to work harder at my job to just be as... Um, impressive as everybody wants me to be. And ultimately at this point in the stage of my life, I'm not in my thirties exactly yet. I'm right before it. And I can confidently say that I don't care about that anymore because I realized how much my health was suffering by chasing this kind of stupid thing that doesn't matter in the end. So your stress levels are really important. It'll be extremely important for you to assess uh, for yourself where your stress is at, because if you are overly stressed and then you try to head knee deep into a deficit or a crazy workout routine that's more stress and it's going to be counterproductive for your body. For an example, this is kind of like people who um, run a lot and then they have really stubborn belly fat and they can't figure out why it's not going away. So they try to run harder, eat less, it never goes away. That's an example of a female body that is not responding well to too much stimulus and now their hormones are kind of all over the place because they're like, what is going on? And the final foundation area to look at is to think about your health conditions. If you are not sure you have any health conditions at this stage, if you haven't had a physical, haven't gotten your blood run for a full metabolic panel, if you are open to seeing more of a functional medicine doctor or a naturopathic doctor, they can run even more in depth testing that like um, insurance doesn't really cover by the standard conventional medical system. Therefore, there's a lot of things that tend to go undiagnosed or anything in that zone, because they don't test as in depth and they don't interpret the levels the same. So it's important to first off, go get that tested, especially if you're going to work on your health. Um, this isn't really something a lot of people talk about, but I have found, especially in the last several years, it's a key component to actually making any success or progress with a fat loss goal, body recon goal, health change goal, et cetera. It is really underestimated how much people don't realize underlying health conditions like anything with your thyroid is going to mess with your metabolism because your thyroid is your metabolism and you only get one and they don't replace them. So it's important for you to try to catch that sooner than later because a lot of people tend to catch it when they're in their 50s and it's a little too far gone and then they usually end up just prescribing them a high dose thyroxine and leave with iroxin and then just leave it at that. And then people don't really ever really get better. And so again, that's another soapbox for another time. However, it's important for you to figure that out before you start trying to stress your body more by setting a body recomposition goal, because asking your body to lose fat is extremely stressful and it's not Something that is just like, I ate in a deficit for a few days. Why am I not losing fat? Because your body hasn't even decided that it wants to lose fat yet. It takes consistency for multiple weeks till your body starts to be like, oh, we're doing this now. Okay. That's really important to know. There's also a disconnect for if you are hypothyroid, if you do already know that, or you did find that things like following intermittent fasting out of nowhere is really bad idea. Intermittent fasting and hypothyroidism do not pair well. It's not a good combination. You have to determine that because you could also be like shooting yourself in the foot if you start being like, I'm getting intermittent fast because there's all these amazing things people say online about it. And you also have hypothyroidism. Well, those things don't go together. And that's important to know. All right, sliding into the second part of this. What is your why? I'm going to share a little bit of examples for some of my clients so that I can help you kind of think of a deeper reason for yourself and maybe even realize that you don't have a deeper reason like at the forefront of your mind. So it would be good for you to kind of brainstorm. What is my why? So I think the person who kind of coined the why thing is Simon Sinek, um, or at least he had he has a whole book on it, I believe. What is your why is what is a deeper meaning for a goal you might set or a lifestyle change that you have and this is something a lot of my clients in the past and current have a hard time with because most of us have a goal and a why that is purely aesthetic because aesthetics equals worth in our society majority of us want to lose fat for aesthetic reasons we want to feel more confident so that we fit in more That's not to shame you or anything like that. That's to level with you. We all have that goal for that reason. However, that goal can be like a cycle of abuse for yourself. Why we have to have a better why, a more meaningful why, one that is kind of rooted more in your worldview and core values is so that it can stick with you forever. For example, you want to get stronger. You're a 45 year old woman, 55 year old woman. You come in thinking, My husband doesn't have sex with me anymore because I'm not that physically attractive. I've let myself go, quote unquote. These are just things that have been told to me in the past. I want to change my body so that I'm more attracted to my husband and that I feel better in my clothes. Those are great. Those are totally things that are important for sure. However, once that client and I dug deeper, and learned that she really wanted to just be able to keep up with her grandchildren, that stuck longer. The fact that she wanted to go to Italy and walk on the cobblestone steps without any problems with her knees, that stuck longer. Those things are whys. Those are the whys that actually will matter. (laughs) Because the other ones matter, but they don't stick as long. And they're kind of motivation-based that are externally motivated. And external motivation almost never sticks. I don't think I've ever seen any clients stick with their progress who had purely external motivating reasons. There's another story of a why. Another woman wanted to make sure that she was no longer eating as poorly as she thought she was because it wasn't making her body a body fat composition that she enjoyed. She felt like she was constantly hiding behind her clothes. And she wanted to lose 50 pounds because her doctor said you need to lose 50 pounds, just an arbitrary number. And losing pounds can be weight, and weight could be losing muscle and water and bone mass. Like when people set weight loss goals, it doesn't put into account a true picture of health. Body fat composition, in my experience, is the best way to improve your health and see where your health is at. And that is knowing what your body fat percentage is in comparison to your lean muscle mass, as well as your bones, water, etc. cetera, because that's all part of you. You're not just blubber walking around. So setting the goal of losing 50 pounds was her main focus. Later, we ebbed and flowed through motivation problems, only to have a deeper conversation where she finally felt more comfortable with sharing her past. And her true kind of worry that got her into the gym was not actually those aesthetic things. And I'm not quite sure if maybe she just felt like that's what she should say. And maybe those were still part of her whys, but her true why was actually the fact that she was worried she was going to get breast cancer like her mom. She was worried she was going to get diabetes like her dad. This was way more of an important factor for focusing on her health changes than aesthetics, because aesthetics, they can always fluctuate with motivation. Discipline can come from, I'm not going to be like my dad and end up with diabetes. And so once we determined that, that became our focus. And her butt was in the gym consistently more than i would ever seen her before. She was making the food choices that supported her blood sugar and her fat loss goal passively much more once we finally just determined like let's focus on this is what we're going to aim for so that is a little bit around you need to find out what your why is and it has to be deeper and something that you can kind of if you put a sticky note up on your mirror every day you could look at it and be like yep I still care about that whereas if you put something up And you're just pissed at your husband and you're like, I don't care if he doesn't think like my body looks good today. Like, you know, that's where your motivation is going to waver. Okay, third part. Do you have a support system? If you don't have a supportive partner or friend group or family around you for your health goals, this is going to be a million times harder for you to achieve your health goals. You need to assess that and have those hard, uncomfortable conversations with them because it's extremely important that at least one person is lifting you up on those days where things feel hard. You're going to give up. You will not succeed if you have a partner that's like, it's all right, let's go get some cocktails. It's all right, let's go get burgers. Or they're the ones being like, you know, I'm just going to order pizza for tonight. And you go, well, I'm really working on my health. And you'd be like, well, then make your own food. I'm going to order pizza. And then the pizza comes, it smells amazing. And of course you're going to have some, right? If you don't have a partner or friend group that don't mirror the habits that you're going to need to implement into your life to make these long-standing health changes an actual thing, you will not be successful. And I wish I could sugarcoat it for you, but all my clients that do well, they do even better when their partners join in. I have pretty consistently trained husbands and then their wives also or wives and then their husbands also or wives and then their wives also or you know friends and then their other friends and i absolutely love doing that because we end up with this little community that all starts to care a little bit more about their health and they all are kind of following the same mantras and lessons and that's something that is really really important because if you don't have a support system that is on the same page with you and you can continue to clearly communicate your needs and your boundaries with, you're probably not going to have lasting changes to your health. Okay, and final part to this episode, setting a realistic goal and a realistic timeline. The why is more of kind of a in depth of your soul reason for making a change for yourself. Now, you put the little habits and goals into place to achieve that why in setting something realistic and on a timeline that's realistic. So, raise your hand in your head if you've been that person that's like, I'm going to give myself a month to lose 20 pounds, or I'm going to give myself until the summer to lose 30 pounds, something like that, or I'm going to follow keto because I've seen. Everybody loses weight on keto. Going back to your foundations, if you don't have any of those in place, following some fad diet like Whole30, keto, any of these different diets that are out there, Jenny Craig, you probably won't succeed. Not just because the diet might be a little too aggressive out of nowhere, but because you don't have any of the foundations in place that are what is supportive of your body responding. To a diet or lifestyle change. You have like acute progress and then you burn out or you get injured or, you know, all these different things. I've seen it time and time again. And oftentimes I don't try to talk people out of it. I'm like, you do you, but let's see if it sticks. And most often than not, it doesn't stick. It's not necessarily, was that a bad choice? Not always. It tends to be They didn't set realistic goals in a timeline that actually made sense. So how would I change that last example? I would say maybe do Orange Theory three times a week and maybe start to shift yourself towards a lower carb diet if that's what your body might respond to. However, if you're putting energy out like what is required for an Orange Theory class, I don't recommend a low carb diet. Is your body going to respond like acutely really fast to weight loss? Maybe, but is it going to keep it off? And is it going to actually stick? No, it never will. It never does. Like you could fight me on that. I will fight back. (laughs) I've never seen anybody from various walks of life do something like that. And it stick. They almost always yo-yo back. Another angle of this is if you are a mom, And your year, you know, you can kind of forecast it with your children's school, or even if you're a new mom, especially there's not there's a lot of things that are going to come up in that first few years of your baby's life that is going to derail you. That is planned. So setting a goal to get your baby body back is not necessarily something you should put on a timeline for the first year after having a baby. Can people do it? Yes. Do a lot of people do it? Yes. Should they do it? In my opinion, probably not, or at least not at the stress level extent that they tend to put pressure on themselves for. When all your body wants to do is be re-nourished, replenished, rested, and then maybe in a year or two start working on those other goals to get your body fat composition back, put some muscle back on, etc. That's something that isn't a realistic goal, in my opinion, and that is something that is not in a realistic timeline, in my opinion, because you need to give yourself a lot more time and more grace to work on your own health while raising a newborn baby. Another unrealistic goal is I have a wedding in the summer, January 1st, want to look my best I can in my wedding dress. I'm going to do whatever crazy diet, and I'm going to do tons of cardio the impact of what that does to your hormones as a female as well as what it does to your body in that amount of time tends to result in burnout and or things going not the direction that you would think they would cortisol stays too high you can't lose the belly fat not necessarily a goal that is that realistic especially if you have a highly stressful job so what i would say is more realistic is set some strength training goals. So you can set some muscle building goals. So you can set a percentage fat loss potential goal, as well as realigning your nutrition to fit that, and then set your foundations, make sure they're in place. And you can show up at your wedding and your best self without looking like you just starved yourself for six months. And I will guarantee you what matters is the magic of that evening a lot more than just how you look Showing up to your wedding to your partner. Your partner most likely could care less about you looking like as skinny as possible. A lot of people are like, well, that's how I want to look in my photos. I would encourage you to ask yourself why you feel like a smaller version of yourself is more worthy in wedding photos. The whole important part of a wedding is the magic of the commitment of joining the love and the families? It's not really about do you look emaciated? Or are you gonna faint when you're up on the pew? You know, like all those different things really don't matter, but you might remember that more than you actually remember the joy of the ceremony. I'm not saying don't work on your health for big events like a wedding, but making sure that you're coming at it where you're taking care of yourself as well as reaching a goal where you might feel more confident than where you are at right now. Setting a goal to lose weight two months before a wedding, horrible plan. Horrible, horrible, horrible. The only thing you could ever really do in that amount of time is drop water weight, really, maybe a pound or two. But anything most people do a few months before a wedding is typically starvation, and that's going to have a huge effect on your health thereafter, as well as you're going to look gaunt and bags under your eyes and just things where your adrenals are going to be like, yo, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> All for a photo where you feel like you just, they can touch up your photos perfectly right now, you know, and I'm not definitely not making an excuse for you not to work on your health, but I just don't like seeing a bunch of us females starving themselves to death just so that they can look a certain way that now is pretty easy to touch up because everybody touches up their photos on Instagram and there's a lot of solutions. So don't worry about your weight, like by starving yourself. That's the end of the last part there. And that's kind of the end of this chat. But I hope that all four of those parts, what are your foundations like right now? What is your why? Do you have a support system? And setting a realistic timeline and a realistic goal is what is going to be the baseline of success for a health goal in the coming year. I hope some of that resonated with you. Take with you what helped you leave what didn't help you but I definitely hope that you guys can kind of head into 2023 feeling confident feeling really radically responsible for yourself and kind of come into this year with a little bit more understanding that let's not make it like the previous years let's challenge some of those old belief systems. Let's change our thoughts around these things and let's get a little more healthy internally and externally by doing so. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Rebel Wellness. If you loved what you heard and you are ready to take your wellness journey to the next level, follow me on Instagram at coachbykales for daily nuggets of health and fitness wisdom. We release new episodes weekly on Sundays, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an update. As always, lean into your strength, walk with confidence, and celebrate your nourishment. We'll catch you next Sunday on Rebel Wellness.